Welcome to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness. It's only going to take about 30 minutes for you to expand your baby brains with me. This week, we are asking Andrew T., host of Yo, Is This Racist? What do white people need to know about racism in 2018? Welcome to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Venice, and our guest this week is Andrew T., host of Yo, Is This Racist? Writer, comedian? Yeah. Well, you're funny. Oh, my goodness. Maybe you don't do stand-up. Like, or do you do, have you ever done stand-up? I don't do stand-up. I, I've been trying to, I, I do, like, I will occasionally get on stage and tell stories from mm. my life, usually narking out members of my family. So, storyteller. Yeah. I love that. I I feel bad because I don't consume enough storytelling, so I feel bad. Like I'm not part of the community. Yeah, I only of like those to hear folks. myself talk about it. Yeah. I don't want to go to those. I don't want to go to those shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to hear me. myself. It's yeah, not for me, for sure. Um, so you guys, uh, I was minding my own business, and uh, like just a second ago, and Andrew walks in here, and that thing happened where I was like, "Oh my god, you have such amazing volume in your hair." Like, when did you get a haircut last? I really, have you ever had long hair? Has it ever been on your body? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I just, I wish you guys could, you have to like follow his Instagram or something so you can see mm-hmm. him. Like, I, I think we should do an Insta story vote. <gasps> oh yeah. All right. <laughs> do we want, do we want, I'm going to. Oh my God, I'm going to do it right now. So guys, I'm recording my podcast. This is gorgeous. Andrew T is our guest this week. We love him so much. He is absolutely stunningly gorgeous. I want him to grow his hair really long. Do you guys think he should grow his hair out? What do you think? We're going to do a vote. Okay, cute. Bye. Oh, Wait. Maybe I won't post that now, Just and I'll post it. it when it comes out. And we oh have discovered marketing. I, yeah, I think like in time with podcasts. So, you guys, <laughs> the question for me this week is basically, what do white people need to know about racism in 2018? Mm. That's that's our question. It's it's big. We're gonna unpack it. Yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. We're gonna go there. Um, but is my jam. Right? Is it my jam? I don't know. It's either my jam or the most consistently depressing shit that's in my life at all times. Well, do you think that that is uh, in direct correlation to the campaign of 2016 and, and the election of Donald Trump? Like, do you feel that you're having to kind of, you know, def- yeah, to- defend more and educate more now than you did in Barack's era? I feel like... I don't know if it's counterintuitive, but the the other side of the coin is it's a little bit uh, less even like I, for certainly less defending. I feel, and, and here's the the caveat I want to put on top of all this because I'm going to say some very general things. But the caveat is shit wasn't that great under Barack Obama either, right? But um, you know, when we generally felt more safe or or, or racism felt more covert. It felt like – well, two things happened. One is it was a little funnier <laughs> to talk about racism, but it was also a more – like everyone was a little more carefree. Now that, that – Because care- we had a safe leader. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's not just a leader. I think it's it's – I mean, look, it's like so obvious to say, but like, you know, he sets an example that – or sets a tone because it's not like – you know, because people will argue like, oh, is Donald Trump racist, right? It's sort of irrelevant. I feel. I mean, and also, you know, you can argue about what racism the definition is. Like, he might in his heart not, I don't know, hate black people or whatever. But it's sort of irrelevant because all his actions allow people who do, even in however, you know, whatever whatever schema of racism you want to argue. You know, KKK people are like, yeah, we get him. Yeah, He's totally. one of us. Well, and I also think that Donald Trump, um, he gets confused and, and like, uh, well, because, like, he's classist and racist. Yes. You know, so there's both. Yeah. So I think sometimes when people are, like, classist and they're like, 
I'm not racist. I just don't like different colored people and people with no money. Right. I don't like. Well, but so so that is sort of an argument. That was a big thing. Class not race is sort of what was a you know, and it's an argument you would hear in on the other side of the electoral you know politics like. Uh, Bernie folks, you know, very much in a way. Yeah, and, and I, I should say, I kind of, I'm fairly agnostic about anyone sort of left of, you know, whatever John McCain. Maybe I'm like, fine, just anything. But I'm okay, like, wait, I just have to unpack, like, because you just said like seven, like, like sure, like sure. a lot of like five dollar words. Yeah, okay. I'm kind of agnostic about anyone left of John McCain. Agnostic means like you don't really believe. You're not sure. Oh, I, I, as what is in, that? Right. As in, I don't um, like. Like, I don't really vote, or I voted, but I didn't care. I don't care very much about things like the Democratic primaries. Like, I'm like, everyone's fine. Bernie's fine. Hillary's fine. Everyone's fine. You know, they all have their problems, but I'm fairly like pragmatic, possibly in kind of a cowardly way. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Yeah. Like, as long as they're like moving the needle away from what the government we have now. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with it. So let me just say that. But so you know what I think about that? <laughs> you know what I think about that? Go for it. I'm super worried, and I'm also not addressing, addressing racism here, but what I am addressing well, is— it's all the same thing. I'm worried that the Democratic Party is getting so left that we're going to alienate all of those like Midwestern dum-dums who got Trump in. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like— we need, like, an electable Hill Hill as mm-hmm. far as her centeredness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I feel like ain't no middle American mommies and daddies going to vote for free college when they don't have no money to, like, go to yeah. the movies. Yeah. I, is my fear. Yeah. I Well, I think that's probably—I think the very reasonable balancing act is how to convince those people that things like, you know, fine, you don't like the word socialism or, like, you know— Single payer healthcare, but it's be- those things would be good for those people. So, like, whatever fucking spoonful of sugar gets them to yeah, whatever. understand yeah. that need, yeah, yeah. is fine. Yeah, and whoever can like give us a spoonful of sugar in like a way that'll get people to go vote for them, I'm I'm down with that. Yeah, because we just need like kind of an orator. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. someone who can like tell a story. Yeah, because Barack could tell a story and Hill Hill couldn't, and then the yeah. story that Donald is oh my god. So, but right, it's a, it's a story. So uh, I guess so. What I mean though is like like so when you say class uh, not race sort of thing, I actually think Donald Trump does a good job of putting the lie that that statement is, uh, you know, it makes it very clear. Because he, you know, uh, sorry, let me start from the very beginning of my train of thought, which is that, like, class and race are so inextricably linked that, to me, they are the same thing. And when you, I I do think when you make the argument class, not race, what you're really doing is carving out a pretty specific exception for poor white people when you say that. Like, because that, it's like, well, make sure that, these poor white people are taken care of or something. But but those people, when they vote, are like, yeah, we like white people best. You know what I mean? So so that's the thing. It's like and, and Donald Trump proves that, right? It's like he cares about disenfranchised, you know, steel workers, coal miners, yeah, I poor wonder, white folks. I think that's an interesting point. I wonder I would be interested to see people who voted um along the lines of income um, you know, because obviously, like, if you're homeless mm-hmm. and you are an American citizen, you would be able to vote. I wonder— They make it really hard for that, actually. B- can you vote if you're homeless? It's very hard to vote without an address. It's almost impossible. 
Oh. Yeah. It's so that's the thing. But that that see, so that's the thing. Because I feel like Americans who are like impoverished probably did overwhelmingly vote for Trump. You know, that were like technically be impoverished, like on like cause you know, like with that whole like class mm-hmm. thing. I guess when I say class not race, I I see when I was saying that, like I see that as like someone like Donald Trump would be equally um, disdainful of a poor white person as he would a poor black person as he would a poor Mexican person. Like, he would just... Like, if you're poor across the board, he's not having it, in addition to not yeah. having it if you're outside of color. And and also, say, and oh. also, I would say that growing up in the middle of America, I feel like I saw a lot of people who came from nothing that were white be treated very similarly to people who were of color and came mm-hmm. from nothing. Like, there, I did yes. see, you know, similarities... Is a child there? I, I think like. true in practice, not in rhetoric. I think like when obviously Donald Trump isn't letting any poor people anywhere fucking near his body. <laughs> like, no, no, they have germs and they yeah. are stupid in his estimation. Yeah. But his rhetoric, his tale is that if you're a poor white person, it's because brown people have taken your jobs and opportunity, <sighs> and if you're a poor black person, brown person, Muslim person, whatever. It is because um, you are bad. And, like, because your own people, like, did this to yourselves or something. Yeah, exactly. Because he does say that because he'll be like, you know, like, the, like, the, like, what do you black people have to lose in voting for me? Because you're all, like, dying of gun violence yeah. and stuff. Like, in inner city Chicago when it's, like, you literally wash your hands of, like, the reason, like, we have such a part to play in, like, why it even got like that. Like, yeah. white privilege is such an issue of, like, how inner city Chicago and inner, like lots of inner cities even got to the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't absolve yourself of that as a as a white person. Yeah. It's 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 the like the thing is the poverty is linked. It's the cause of many of these, you know, poverty into desperation, into nihilism, into What's nihilism know, mean? Just not giving a fuck about the future or anyone else. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, or having that be part of your life. Like yeah. you're just like you know, it's not like so sorry, when I say Fox News. every every yeah. Well, I I made a joke on Twitter about how it's ironic that like Christianity. You know, I, this was during the Roy Moore stuff. I was like, you know, it's it's a little intense that Chris, the world's major religion, is like a nihilist death cult, and got. A little bit of flack. On that Did one. you? Well, whatever. A few not stern from, replies. Not from anyone I care about. So right. it's, it's fine. But, but so, but yeah, because like you were like saying, like it's sad that our biggest really, yeah, because like a bunch of like hardcore right wing Christians are like a nihilist death cult. Like if you're not like getting in and fitting in, they are not about it. And they embrace the end of the world. Oh, this it was when that's right. It was when all the the um, oh the uh, floods and no no fires. the Israel stuff was going. Uh, on. They're like their plan is apocalypse. That's their good end game. That is true because like once Israel's a state yeah. and we get all these crazy floods and fires and shit. And then they get to go to heaven. That's the plan. That's plan A. That's the crazy thing. It's like it's very hard to reason with that because what, what do you say? Like, hey, hey, dog, what if after just – throw, just throwing this out there. What if after the apocalypse or what if after a nuclear war you don't get taken to heaven? <laughs> Uh, what if that is the case? I hope we – well, my heaven would be so awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, Ali Raisman, 2012 and 2016 Olympic gold medal gymnast, mm-hmm. would be, like, the president mm-hmm. of my heaven. And um, she would be great. And I would also do her hair. And 
like weed would be everywhere. And I'd have like the nicest boyfriend who like mm-hmm. really understood like my dual spirited nature mm-hmm, and like embraced mm-hmm. it completely and also <laughs> wanted to like bang me slash get banged by me like mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Is that asking so much? Do you do you have a sort of like uh, cloudy robes heaven in mind or just sort of did like Did you a- see Gladiator? Did I? Uh, I did when I was a kid. It's funny. Remember when um, he was like, well, it was kind of sad. Just like a fucking field, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like his his wife and kid like hadn't, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Spoiler alert. Yeah. And they're all like, and he's all like, his hands are like, you know, dusting the wheat fields. And it's all like olivey and gorgeous. Yeah. That my heaven looks like that, except for there's wheat everywhere. And then like Ali Raisman's the president. And then Uh everyone's there. And then people are wearing like present day clothes. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. want, like, fucking, like, Greek robes. I just feel like I I, want sweats. a toga would be a real pain in the ass. And, like, no support. Right? Yeah. So, oh, man, is that 15 minutes? Okay, that was just 15 <laughs> minutes, all right. That was just 15, right? Yeah, okay, cute. We'll be right back. We with, got the flag. We got the flag from togas. Ah, uh, right back. Uh, can't talk. I'm too excited thinking about Ellie Raisman. More getting curious after this. Welcome back to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness. And then, so, all right. Mm-hmm. What do white people need to know about racism in 2018? Essentially, I'm going to recap what we just said. Yeah. Well, what I think that you just said. What I think you just said was is that, like, stuff was still fucked up when Barack was the president. But mm-hmm. when we had, like, you know, a graceful, aware president that was leading the country, it didn't seem as up, like yeah. as unsafe. It didn't because- seem as bad. Yeah. And objectively, things are worse now. But the part of – so a couple galling things about the present day for – and I, I, I should take a teeny tiny quick sidebar to say, uh, so I'm Chinese-American. Things for East Asian folks are different than some of the larger things I'm talking about. Um, you know, there are fucking alt-right people who are Chinese. Like, it is – you know, Asian America is complex, but uh, much of this rubric is the same. But just wanted to give that a little asterisk. Um, part of it is, like, how surprised white people are <laughs> in 2017, 18. It's like, yeah, okay, it's nice. Here's here's the thing I've been saying a lot on my podcast, which is, like, look, it is undisputably nice to have you on the team and nice that everyone's getting woken up. But there is a little, like, kind of, like, Oh, I discovered this thing from white people getting woke these days. That's a little like, okay, again, welcome to the team. It is a little depressing that you weren't on the team before to this extent, but okay, fine. But you're Poor not. Poor Hemplo, like, give me an example. I mean, like, I, you're minding your own business and then, like. I mean, the Women's March, I think, was a, you know, the big example of that, which is like, you know, so Women's March, excellent. Great thing, um, you know. Our our president is you know extremely misogynist. The the party that supports him is is hugely misogynist. But you know, uh, during the women's march, uh, a, a picture that kind of got out there was uh, a black woman holding a sign that said something like whatever it was sixty two sixty three percent of white women voted for Donald Trump, which is true. Um, so the the thing with that is like. And that was a very divisive um, image and statement. You know, a lot of people are like, this is not the time to attack women. You know, white women are largely were like, this is not the time to attack women. Uh, where, and women of color are like, yeah, but you attacked us. Remember when 62% of you voted for Donald Trump? I think it's a thing where, like, the, the thing I would like for white people to think about, especially people who are starting to care or have always cared, is that, like, it's not like – 
an existential diss on you to point stuff out like 62% of white women voted for Trump. It's fair to be like, yeah, that's fucked up. We need to think about our own community. I, I, I mean, I, you know, it's a thing. People people write in to my podcast, the like haters and trolls, and we'll, and we'll say things like, you're devaluing the word racism when you call so many things racist. Like, it doesn't mean anything anymore. And I think the opposite. It's like, we live in a society that's underpinned by racism. And the more we can kind of... Um, it's like this thing, and well, sorry. And the other side of this coin is, you know, do you know the musical Avenue Q? Of course, there was a song called "Everyone's, Everyone's a, little a Little Bit Racist. Racist," and that is the other side of what I'm saying, which is like that is sort of gleefully devaluing the word racism. Um, and the middle ground is like, yeah, it's lots of stuff is racist. It's fine to call yourself racist or realize that you have all these things in your brain that are not your fault or whatever. And then the twist on Avenue Q is the answer is not shrug your shoulders and say, oh, well, it's, yeah, we all have a ton of fucking work to do. You know, everyone has some kind of privilege, you know, be it uh, whether you're you're, uh, uh, male, cisgender, maybe, you know, straight, uh, able-bodied, you know, in any number of ways. Like there are there, everyone has something that they are uh, insensitive about. And it's just, like, not so bad to realize it's a process and not, like, a label. Like, not racist, woke, racist. Like, it's fine. It's a process. Just try to get better. It's like approach it with, like, gentleness and love versus, like, being, you know, judgmental and harsh. Well, yeah, a little bit. I think it's okay to be judgmental and harsh if you realize, like, you can step back from it and, like— and when people are maybe harsh to you, think about where they come from and and take it for what it is. So I just don't think that being judgmental and harsh like moves the conversation forward, especially when it comes to race. Yeah, but sometimes it's necessary. I feel like, for instance, the the you know let's just go back to the example: the woman at the the women's march with the sign that said sixty two percent of you know that's very harsh and very judgmental. It's not, I think, you know, and it did turn people off, but it also woke some people up, you know, white women, white feminists is a thing, you know, like people clown on Lena Dunham a lot, right? Like, I didn't mean that she was harsh. Mm-hmm. I mean that like, as a white person seeing that sign, like you have to approach yourself with gentleness and compassion about that as opposed to being mm-hmm. like, fuck, you know, we suck and like, we are like the worst and like, right, right, right. you know, and, and you just feel like all bad and like that doesn't move the conversation forward. Like, Mm -hmm. for yourself, you know, like, you know, feeling bad or guilty about it, like, you know, you have to take ownership of it. And I think Mm -hmm. that you can do that in, like, a loving, more gentle way, Mm -hmm. you know, and especially, like, to people that would see that image and, like, talk shit to the person posting the image or, like, you know, be all, like, vitriolic and hateful and saying, like, you know, how you're divisive and this isn't the time to whatever. Like, you can approach the person, which is what you just said, you know, Mm -hmm. be compassionate and, like, see, like, where that Mm -hmm. person is coming from and, like, why they would make that sign, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. I think you can do a little of both, too. I think it's, like, it's okay for guilt or self-recrimination or harshness yourself to be part of your process. You know, everyone feels if, you know, I, I fuck up all the time on, you know, in, in all lives, you know, I'm, I'm a straight male. Like I say all kinds of things that are wrong um, about, you know, I'm usually right on race, but I'm not always like, you know, I fuck up all the time. And the moment someone tells you you fucked up, you feel bad and guilty. And, you know, there, there's a, you know, the embarrassed and that is okay. I think the thing is a little bit is to embrace that that is part of a reaction and 
power through that, you know, learn to power through that as best you can. I think that's like a big important thing where it's just like it's it's okay to fuck up. Yeah. Um, you know, but that that's what I, you know, I've been trying to co- formulate some version of this for you as this racist, which is like it's not doing something that is quote unquote racist that makes you a bad person. It's how mad you get after someone points it out. You know, you have an option. You can double down. You can tell them they're an idiot. You can argue with them. Or you can accept it and just be like, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Or whatever helps in the moment. Yeah. But it's not so much about the moment. It's really like, what kind of fury do you... And who needs the fury? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, getting past it is the best version, if you can. Yeah. That's, so, that's sage advice. So for like, yeah. yeah like, and it goes for any criticism. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, you know, this week we had something like, you know, with Donald at that closed door meeting with yeah. the senators about DACA um, and him saying that, you know, why don't we have anyone from Norway coming over? And, you know, but then these shithole countries, which so happen to be uh, Haiti and I think Nigeria mm-hmm. and El Salvador. About, like, oh, okay. I didn't realize it was that specific. I thought yeah, it was just like. I remember, like, Africa as a concept. Yeah, no, he, he, well, he said, like, El Salvador, Haiti. He's like, what about all these shithole countries, like Haiti and El Salvador and Africa? Um, why don't we have anyone from Norway? And then um, I was listening to this congressman. Um, Paul Gossman was his name. He's a Republican congressman um, who I definitely added him on my Insta story. And he was saying that... Donald Trump wasn't racist when he said that it was Haiti and El Salvador and Africa they didn't want because those countries have lawlessness and, like, bad government that's running them. And that's why he doesn't want mm-hmm. people from those countries, not because they're racist. Yeah. Which is so And so I was, like, I was like, you dumb fuck. Like, <laughs> Jesus loves us. And, like, as you're a Jesus-loving person, so you say, like, it's your job as a Christian to, like, help people in need and, like, give them, you know, help and love, like, when they need it. And because these countries are, especially El Salvador, mm-hmm. are largely lawless. Well, not largely lawless, but, like, rampant crime and murder and, you know, drug trade is a huge fucking issue and they need a safe place. Mm-hmm. And we're, like, unceremoniously, like, kicking 300,000. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. So, what did you think about that whole thing? Yeah, it's it's so like I mean, yeah. There and then you know, so many people in the media were at the point where, or sorry, the racist media, we'll call them the Fox News, yeah. the Tommy Lawrence of the world, um, were like, those places are very poor or or war torn. Like, wouldn't you call that a shithole? Like, it is. It is so like, you know, that's the quote unquote cleverness of the alt right, the right wing. It's like. Well, two separate tracks. One is like, let's not address why those places are poor. That is, you know, the West's fault. That is white yeah. people's fault. Haiti in particular. It's yeah. like, yo, that shit is like America's fault. Um, but also, like, the the idea of like looking at poverty and desperation and thinking shithole and, and then hand-waving that away – like, that, that's the thing. Like, every one of those arguments turned on the idea of, like, well, we'd all call it a shithole, right? And it's like, uh, no, only a racist yeah. w- or, like, at best, like, someone, an evil person. Yeah, just, like, extremely cold and calloused. And yeah. Like, not at all, you know, I'm not, not 
I don't think of myself as like a Bible thumping person, but mm-hmm. I did grow up like in a you know very Christian house. I went to a Christian sports camp like for like a month every summer for like ten years. Mm-hmm. So I'm very familiar with like what the Bible says, and um, it's just not at all congruent. Like those reactions are like not at all congruent with you know what they claim to be. You're right. Um, which is really just so awful. What did you think about you know ICE conducted like. Over, uh, I think, 100 early dawn raids on 7-Elevens across, you know, the country. Um, That's, like, that's just chilling. I mean, there's a 7-Eleven, like, on my street, and... I don't know about the people that work there, but they're all like super fucking nice, and they're like a part. That's like you yeah. know our version of a bo- of a bodega in LA. Yeah, um, that's so funny. And yeah. and I I was really heartbroken with that story. I and it just sets like such a um, I don't know. It just really like there like I I don't know for sure, but I can't imagine like MH sixteen or whatever like that El Salvadorian gang is that he's always talking about. Uh, I can't yeah, imagine yeah. that they're like running a lot of shit out of Seven Eleven. I can't imagine that the people working at Seven Eleven are doing anything other than sending money back to their families and yeah. you know just uh, really kind of helping the economy too along with it. And I'm sure paying taxes because they have like fake yeah. social security. So it's like, yeah. oh yeah, undocumented immigrants uh, pay billions of dollars in taxes. Right. They are a huge driver of our economy. And, and so I don't know if like I. I don't want anything bad to happen to them, but it's like I wonder, you know, because Donald Trump keeps doing these things to appease his base, but like, does he not realize that, like, the, you know, all those farmers that need, you know, migrant workers that are undocumented, and then like by deporting them, like, who's going to pick the fucking stuff in the fields that, like, yeah. your farmers like voted for you so that they could like oh not only the farmers it's like i mean right they, like here's the the logic that you have to be to be a poor trump voter it's like okay i got my steel plant my coal mine isn't you know giving me the hours anymore maybe it got shut down by those liberals in the EPA or whatever and the job that's being stolen from me is like picking strawberries for sometimes sub minimum wage in the fucking California. You know what I mean? What like, do you think needs to happen for Trump voters to realize that they're being manipulated? I mean, so that's why. And look, I, I know my my worldview is centered on race, but that's the big difference. Between oh, well, so so one small caveat to that too is like um, poor white people didn't vote for Trump in as big proportions as middle class and upper class white people. So that is a thing. Like we we you know, and this is maybe where the classism comes in. Like we, but all people like assume that poor white people are the, and they did vote for Trump in in large proportions, but not as large as richer white people. Which is they because they were voting with their pocketbook. Like yeah, they were like some he's gonna them. lower taxes and Hillary was probably gonna raise them. So that's probably that, that's my guess of like why that would ha- why that would happen. Uh yeah, absolutely. But but you know so so Because it wasn't that they liked Donald Trump. They just uh, liked his tax policy better than I mean maybe. I think you know I the the last study I saw which is that like the single most you know predictive factor in whether someone voted for Trump was racism. Uh, you know, a, uh, every other, you know, or, or like subscription to a white supremacist philosophy. Like that that more than anything else, more than income, more than, you know, anything I, else predicted who voted for Trump. And And while I can't, Speak to that study definitively. Sure, I can tell you that, like it, the in my Equinox in Brentwood, I was uh, <laughs> with 
these three guys like a week after the election and like one is like this like 60 year old Jewish man the other guy is like this 50 something business owner and then the other one is this like hot as fuck like beautiful like six foot six like Charles Barkley looking motherfucker I love him mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. so pretty uh, but all three of them were Trump voters yeah and they all voted for him because of they wanted taxes to go down sorry yes I, and I, I should I should add the caveat that when I say uh, racism it's just like you know the survey questions were things like do you believe that uh, you know black people and white people work as hard you know what I mean like like very they or like, like, like subconscious stuff. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. So, so sorry. Yeah, that that sort of racial animus built as a pattern. Right. Not like, do you burn crosses on black? Yeah, people? I can. Like, you know I, could, I, mean? I feel like I could subscribe to that. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of just like a, at even the the like the let's call it mildest, although that you know that ranking things like that probably has its own like logical yeah, problems. Yeah. But like, so the mildest of like you know like. Believing that everyone in America has a fair shake. Yeah. Which I would say is a racist belief. Yeah, that's a fucking racist right. belief. And my grandma would have for sure yeah. been like, everyone can do that. I'm like, and I can't even. Yeah. I mean, and also I can't do that because she's dead. Sure. Um, her that her racist ghost is out there. It's, but, but, you know, honestly, <laughs> my gra- no, no. But, like, honestly, my grandma, she was like, she didn't. She, she was from, like, Raleigh. She was born in, like, 1932. Yeah. She was, like, one of the first women to, like, literally one of the first five women to get an academic scholarship to Duke. Like, she was, mm-hmm. a, she was really, yeah, really course. interesting. I loved her. But she was absolutely a little racist. And yeah. there was just, you know, she, she would have never, like, said that. And I had a person of color as my first partner. And she, like, loved him. But she... Mm-hmm. Still, absolutely, would have said that. Like most people have a fair shake, and like it, like yeah. and if she was alive, I think she would have said that. And um, you know what? And I so like I do sometimes think it's important to look at those people's perspective. I get it. If you fucking live through the civil rights movement, you would think we have made so much progress that things are you. You know, I I I'm, I'm cognizant of people who are like you don't fucking know what it was like in the fifties. Like things are better for like black people or whatever than than any time before. Yeah, like. But but so so I get that. I just think it's like the idea that things are equal is absurd. No, still. of course. So. But also, I think that's also like, and I know that we're past thirty minutes, but I can't help mm-hmm. it. I got to get it out. It's like um, people that like my grandmother and like my grandfather who's still alive. You know, my dad. They live in little rural towns, and I think mm-hmm. it's very difficult for those sorts of people to, say, go to, like, East Los Angeles and experience what it would be like, you know, or Watts or mm-hmm. South Central or wherever, and know – and, like, they do not have the visceral experience. It is very much not the same fair shake. Yeah. You know, so that's that. Andrew, uh, that was 30 minutes. I hope that uh, white people who are willing to listen uh, to this I'm, – I'm sure we were preaching to the choir, y'all, but share it with someone who isn't. Um, but also – like just because you're in the choir doesn't mean you're perfect. So like, yeah, you're not. O- it's okay to interrogate the things that you do wrong, and it's okay to feel bad for a second, but don't feel bad for too long when someone, you know, it's fine. You can fuck up. Everyone can fuck up. I do it all the time. Yeah, I, 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 I probably I do did it, it like eighteen times today. I'm like so sorry. <laughs> um, and then Andrew, where can people find you? Where's, what's your tweets? What's your Insta? Uh, well, of course, please listen to Yo Is This Racist? Um, and uh, it's my uh, tweets Instagram. It's Andrew T. Last name is spelled T-I. Uh, I know it doesn't matter, but it is all caps. Cute. Gotta go all caps. I love that. Thank you. Can't miss it. Go loud. Um, 
I love chatting with you. Thank you. This I, was great. I feel like, um, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I've been doing like really cute Instagram posts like about uh, each time I do an episode. And I think that cute vote thing of if you should cut your hair off I'll or, or grow your hair out, yeah. I feel like that might be the thing that I post. I'll keep an eye on your Instagram, but um, when uh, I'll abide by the results. I really want you to grow your hair. Whatever out. it is, I think yeah. it'd be really pretty. It's a binding vote. I'm signing. I'm signing the contract right now. Unless you're doing the Donald Trump rule, you know, where he was like, <laughs> "I'll sign whatever bipartisan thing you guys come up with." I swear to God, like I'm not going to say like I, I like I, oh, I really want this, so like I, I will sign whatever you guys bring to me. And then like literally three hours later, he was like, "I am not signing this." Yeah, I, I'm a Donald Trump level liar, so. Grain of salt. Okay. Well, I, I, so I will not hold you to that. Well, you know, you can try. Thanks for listening to Getting Curious, guys. See you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Getting Curious. And that was gorgeous Andrew T, who we love. Uh, if you want to follow him on Instagram, his handle is at Andrew T. It's the same on Twitter. You'll find links to that on whatever uh, device you're downloaded this episode on. Also, Listen to Yo, Is This Racist? It's an amazing podcast. We love Andrew and thank him again for coming in. Also, our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you so much to her for letting us use it. And guys, if you feel like leaving a review, we love reviews. You want to five-star it? I'm not going to fight you. Uh, Come on, tweet us, Instagram us. Are you curious about something? Maybe you are. I should hope you are. If you listen to all of this and you're still listening to this, I would think you're a curious person. Let me know about what you want me to learn about. Maybe we can book someone cool and get your subject on here. Who knows? Have a good day. Love you. Bye. Bye.